What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. This episode is presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers like we all are. These passionate fans are real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. All right, well, I am your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by David Drogemeyer and also joined by John Kegley today, one of the original members of the show. We are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly on Facebook. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well... <laughs> What an ugly win for the Chargers on Sunday. I mean, that was an absolute nail-biter down to the very end. There was a lot of very frustrating moments, and we're going to get into that today. We're going to start with the news that the Chargers ended up pulling off their victory thanks to a late missed field goal by the Bengals and talk about just some of the key parts of the Chargers' victory and also get into a couple of guys the Chargers lost in that game that could be important down the road and then in the second segment we'll be getting into a game recap where we talk about the biggest plays from the game and get our reactions to how we are feeling when that happened during the game and then we'll wrap the show up with something a little bit different usually we did this on Tuesday this week so we can have John Kegley's opinion on it we're going to be doing what went right and what went wrong to wrap up the show today a lot to get into and I'm sure John has a lot for the what went wrong portion of it but let's go ahead and get into it after a missed field goal, the Los Angeles Chargers improved to 1-0 on their season, taking down the Cincinnati Bengals 16-13. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. The Chargers had a dramatic start to their season in a game that came down to the wire, but in the end, Randy Bullock, the Bengals' field goal kicker, ended up getting injured and missing a 31-yard field goal with only 7 seconds left in the game and the Chargers hold on to win a game maybe they shouldn't have won 16 to 13 on Sunday to start their season 1 and 0. This was definitely an ugly win for the Chargers. Their offense looked anemic for a lot of this game and they definitely had struggles moving into the Tyrod Taylor era, but the Chargers defense was very strong throughout the game, David, and they end up holding the Bengals out of the end zone on that final drive and a missed field goal sends the Chargers to their first victory of the year. Yeah, Daniel, I suspected that early on in this football game, you're going to see a lot of sloppiness. And I think, you know, just with no preseason and, you know, nobody out there actually tackling an, another live opponent, uh, I thought it was going to be a while for these players to kind of get their timing and get their tackling in order. And that definitely is what manifested after all. The Chargers started really slow on offense. The first four drives ended in either a punt or a turnover on downs. The defense on the other side was pretty strong. They started off very well, forcing three punts before they ended up surrendering the Bengals' only touchdown of the game, which was a 23-yard Joe Burrow touchdown run. The defense would only go on to give up two few goals the rest of the way, and they provided three sacks and two turnovers, which definitely helped out an offense that on the day was not very good. The Chargers scored a rushing touchdown by Joshua Kelly and kicked three field goals, and that ended up being enough to beat the Bengals 
and the Chargers were able to get their first win of the year. Daniel, it definitely was not pretty, but at the end of the day, you look in the win-loss column, they start off with a big win, and they absolutely need it going up against a very tough opponent in Week 2. Yeah, the Chargers will face off with the Kansas City Chiefs this week who throttled the Houston Texans last week on Thursday night football, but this game was as I expected to some extent with the offense struggling to get going, and I think... The defense played well enough and caused two turnovers in the second half that ended up really leading this team to victory. I mean, it was a huge moment in the game when Melvin Ingram ended up intercepting Joe Burrow in Chargers territory, and they could have tied the game up right there. But the Chargers squeak out with another win, a game that was very much like the game last season in Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears. But you get a win on the road, but what did it cost? Chargers linebacker Drew Tranquil went down very early on in the game, David. It was a very awkward injury. He had to be carted off the field. He was crying on his way off of the field, and it was really a tough sight for Chargers fans and for Drew Tranquil, who has dealt with some injuries, especially in college. And from everything we've heard so far, David, it seems like he's going to be out a while. Yeah, it sucks. You, you you see Drew Tranquil get hurt, and you could tell right away that this was definitely going to be a more severe injury, and there's no timetable on what is expected, but it's feared that it's a broken ankle, so he could be out a good while. And he worked so hard to get to this position. He was going to play a lot of football for the Chargers this year, and that depth that they boasted about is going to get tested with Nick Vigil and Denzel Perriman probably going to be taking up the lion's share of those responsibilities with the void that is left from Drew Tranquil's injury here. And then, unfortunately, there was another injury in this game as well as Justin Jackson left this game with a quad injury after only two carries for four yards. Justin Jackson just seems like he can never catch a break. He just seems like he's always dealing with some kind of ailment, and the start of this season, unfortunately, is no different. But what that did do, Daniel, is open the door for rookie running back Joshua Kelly, who did have a very good performance. 12 attempts for 60 yards and the only touchdown of the game for the Chargers. This injury to Justin Jackson might also open the door for Darius Bradwell, the running back that was highlighted on Hard Knocks, to get his opportunity in the NFL sooner than he expected. Yeah, Darius Bradwell is on the Chargers practice squad, so he would be a prime candidate for them to bring up if Justin Jackson is not able to go week two, but that is exactly where the Chargers lead into now, facing off against Kansas City, one of the best teams in reigning Super Bowl champs, and the Chargers are going to have to answer a lot of questions. 16 points is definitely not going to look good up against that high-powered Kansas City offense, so the Chargers will have a lot to work out, and they'll have to decide how they're going to fill in with some of the key guys they lost. Hopefully, they will get some of their offensive linemen back next week as Mike Pouncey and Trey Turner were both unable to go on Sunday, and I think the offensive line felt the impact of that, but the Chargers' bottom line will have to be much better if they want to go 2-0 next week against the Chiefs. But we do have two more segments to get into because we have to get into the game reap recap getting into all of the biggest plays from this game i mean it was definitely a little bit of a roller coaster ride there for a little bit so we got to get into that before wrapping the show up with what went right and what went wrong but first i need to tell you guys that between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails you've got plenty on your to-do list give yourself one less thing to worry about and let doordash take care of your next meal if you want chinese they want pizza and someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everybody on DoorDash. And you can continue supporting restaurants in your community 
safely. And there are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. I know on my DoorDash app where I live, I think there's like 264 restaurants. I mean, there's so many different options. You can get any of your favorites like Wendy's or Cheesecake Factory or Chili's or Chick-fil-A, but DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right now, right to your door, and they can leave it right outside your door with their contactless delivery. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter Locked On, all caps, one word, that's Locked On, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. I also need to tell you guys that talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off and blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether and make excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm not just, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe you real medication. It's simple, it's safe, and it's totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED and from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. And right now, you just have to go to roman.com slash NFL today. If you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash NFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. All right, well, it's time to get into our first game recap of the season. And this is kind of a tough game to recap, even though it was a W for the Chargers. I mean, it was not a pretty sight. Just to give you an idea of how slow this game started, the Chargers' first three drives, they went 12 plays, 23 yards, and only one first down. But the Bengals didn't do very much either. I mean, they went 12 plays as well. One first down and only 16 yards, but it was the Bengals' fourth drive where they finally broke through and they went five plays for 44 yards. And they ran a perfect play, John, because the Chargers had nobody in the middle of their defense and Joe Burrow takes a rushing touchdown 23 yards into the end zone. That's one of the dangers of running man coverage is if you have everybody spread out like the Bengals did, it leaves a big gap in the middle of the field. Rayshon Jenkins ends up getting blocked. Nazir Adderley ends up taking a poor angle. And after being pretty stout the entire game up till that point, the Chargers defense had given up their first touchdown. Yeah, and you also got to make sure that you remember there was a bad punt that led to this as well. Ty Long's punt out of the end zone was pretty bad instead of the Bengals in good field position. So the defense already basically had their heels on the wall. It was not the goal line, but it's still really good field position. And the fact that the defense was able to just split open for Joe Burrow to run right up the middle like that shows a, a lack of containment. For the most part, they contained him pretty well, but on that play, somebody had to watch the QB, and it shows why you have to watch the QB with this defense. See, it looked like they were trying to go with that four-man rush, drop into the zone again. And it shows why you cannot do that. You got to bring a blitz or you got to have someone spying. It's got to be some kind of man coverage. Someone has to account for everybody. And it shows on this play, the quarterback will make you pay if you don't account for them. Well, yeah. And I mean, also, John, it was bound to happen because the Chargers offense couldn't sustain any long drives. I mean, I just played you the first three drives that they had. It was the, I mean, 
epitome of out of sync. I mean, the Chargers could not get anything going, setting themselves up in third and long situations. I mean, there's only so much the Chargers defense could do getting set up in that bad field position, but also not getting any help from their offense. Well, and that's something I brought up all week with the keys to the game, which is you got to keep your defense resting. You have to get your first downs, and they were failing to do that. Eventually, the defense is going to get tired, and bad play calling was happening in the beginning as well. It was just so predictable, such simple routes. It's basically the most basic plays you can call were happening, and it's really easy to cover a basic play. Well, and the Chargers defense went right back to dominant for the rest of the half. The last three drives of the Bengals offense, they had 12 plays for only 13 yards in one first down. I mean, they were straight up dominant in the first half outside of that one drive. And the Chargers finally got their offensive offense going a little bit, David, because their last three drives, I mean, spurred by a big run by Joshua Kelly that kind of got things moving for them. They had 175 yards on those three drives. But they end up with one turnover on downs and only two field goals. And that was another thing we talked about before the game was just cashing in when you get down into the opposite side of the field, getting touchdowns instead of field goals. And also, we saw two fourth and short plays for the Chargers. Both had Tyrod Taylor keeping the ball once on a QB sneak, once on a read option. And neither one came particularly close to a a positive play. Well, I just don't understand why they have a running back who says that he loves to initiate contact and he's not the one getting the football in a four, in a short yardage situation. I just that doesn't make any sense to me. Joshua Kelly should be getting that every single time. And now that the coaching staff has seen what Tyrod can do and what he can't do, maybe they'll put the right players in the right positions to succeed. But yes, I loved what I saw out of Joshua Kelly. He ran hard. He was physical. I liked the fact that they got Hunter Henry involved as well, creating some of those chunk plays that you were talking about, Daniel. Uh, The offense did not look great, um, but Joshua Kelly and Hunter Henry were two of the catalysts in this game. Yeah, they definitely got things going a little bit. It still wasn't great offensively, and especially, I mean, 175 yards on three drives you'll take any day of the week, but you have to convert some of those into touchdowns but the second half started pretty bad for the Chargers as well because they get into field goal range but they end up missing a 50-yard field goal Michael Badgley misses his first field goal of the season and it wasn't really that close and at that point kept the Chargers from taking the lead so that was definitely not great to see and the Bengals finally started moving the ball a little bit on their next two drives and ended up getting a field goal on each of them to make the score 13-6. to But that's when the Chargers offense finally broke through, John, because on the third drive of the second half, the Chargers offense goes 10 plays, 55 yards for a 5-yard Joshua Kelly touchdown. There was a big third down conversions by Keenan Allen and Jalen Guyton with his only catch of the last two years. It was actually a pretty big play and it was nice to see Josh Kelly take it from five yards out of the end zone running pretty easily into it it was really just nice to see an actually smooth drive where you're actually setting up an easier third down and converting the third down you're slowly moving up the field giving your defense a rest and you finished it with punching it into the end zone and what a great running call to the running play for Josh Kelly was a really good call the way they bas- they basically spread it out the Bengals defense to get that play open and Josh Kelly who's not really a find the hole and run guy found the hole and was able to run and he lowered the shoulder he was not going to let anybody 
tackle him as well. He just fell into the end zone expecting someone to run into him. But easy run for him. But those conversions were just money. The Chargers offense can needs to do that way more often. If they can, this could be a dangerous team. That drive is what you expect out of this kind of offense. Getting yourself in a manageable third downs, being able to convert on some of those third downs, which is a big problem all day for the Chargers. And that was the start of the good things happening for the Chargers because the defense on the next drive, David, finally got another thing that we were screeching for, which is finding a way to turn the ball over. We knew that was going to be important for this team specifically. And on the next Bengals drive, Denzel Perriman forces a fumble on Joe Mixon, who hadn't fumbled in 622 touches. Nick Vigil and the Chargers end up recovering inside the Bengals 25. But it definitely took a little bit of my wind out of the sails just because they only ended up with a field goal. And they ended up at one point, Joshua Kelly got them down to the two-yard line. They had first and goal from the two, and then they end up going backwards. Yeah, you hate to see that, man. Anytime you get a turnover, you want to see them punch it in the end zone. You want to make that hurt. But, hey, we got to give credit where credit is due, okay? We have talked a lot of mess about Denzel Perriman, and we know that he listens to our show because he has commented on it and also liked comments that we have put out on social media. So want to give credit to Denzel Perriman. Hell of a hit there. And I just love the announcer's reaction. He never fumbles. He never fumbles. I mean, what a great play. But uh, the fact that at least they were able to score points was good. But, Daniel, it just it just hurts, man. I mean, in those situations, you really got to capitalize, get touchdowns. The Chargers have not been able to show that they've been able to do that. And they need to start doing that if they want to start winning, especially against some of these much better teams. Right. I mean, the Chargers beating this team by three. I mean, you're going on the road. It's week one, no preseason games. You'll take it however you can get it. But there are some definitely bad things that if they trend for the Chargers are going to lead to a very long season. And it happened again with them not capitalizing off a turnover because as the Bengals were driving in field goal range to have a chance to tie the game, Melvin Ingram sniffs out a screen pass. And the football IQ of Melvin Ingram is so underrated. I mean, he reads it the whole way. Catches the ball basically at the same time as the running back. Joe Burrow kind of tries to do a little flip. Melvin Ingram ends up with it, gets the first interception of the Chargers season, which was absolutely awesome. But, of course, the Chargers go three and out. They have a third and one situation where they have a chance to really chew up the clock and have a really long drive to basically put the game away. They give it to Josh Kelly. He's unable to pick up the yard. No push from the offensive line. It was not a pretty sight, even though that's what we wanted in the first quarter, you know, have that guy in there for that situation. But maybe a little bit more of a well-thought-out running play would have done the trick. Either way, the Bengals get the ball back. No timeouts, a little over three minutes left. They get it all the way inside the five-yard line, John. They end up getting a huge touchdown catch from A.J. Green, but Casey Hayward was interfered with on the play. I thought it was a good call. I mean, I've seen that not called there. I understand that part of it, but I thought it was a pretty obvious push off and then a great touchdown catch after it but that ends up pushing the Bengals back they're not able to try to get the ball into the end zone and Randy Bullock ends up getting hurt at the end of the game he ends up shanking the ball wide right and the Chargers escape with a Bears-esque type of win and a, a very ugly win at that ugly for sure I mean you're better off just saying the Bengals lost this game if anything the the way that Joe Burrow moved down the field on this team was pretty amazing for a rookie QB, but at the same time, that defense was kind of what we've been saying not to do. Four-man rush, drop everyone back into a zone. 
I mean, I get prevent defense is usually what you would do. Late, NFL late game teams do it so often. It doesn't seem to matter what they do the rest of the game. Always. It, it just doesn't make sense to do it with a field goal. If they need a touchdown, sure. But if they need a field keep goal, yeah, right. you've got to keep them out of there. If you want to play a, a little bit of prevent, like if they're at their own 20 and you play prevent until they get to like the 50-yard line or something, then okay. But he, they played that all the way down the field, and you just let them move the ball. It's like you're trying to say, here, we're going to give you a shot. We feel bad for you. Here's a shot, you know. Whatever you do with it is your choice. But the fact that the Bengals missed that field goal is a relief with how this game went. Horrible offense. Defense was bailing you out all game until that last drive. And the fact that they missed it, you basically were given a second chance at having the playoffs, really. A loss like that is a kind of loss that you look back and go, you know, if we would have just won that game, we would make the playoffs. Well, you got that win. Now you have a second chance. And, I mean, to the Chargers' credit, that's usually a game that they lose, right? I mean, I don't think many Chargers fans had a lot of hope when that game was potentially going to overtime that it would be much better for them. But there's a lot that happened in this game. A lot went right and a lot went wrong. And we'll be getting into the into the specifics of that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that Built Bar is back and better than ever. Built Bar is the best protein bar out there. It tastes good and it's good for you. It's something you never really find in protein bars. Usually they're they're chalky and have a weird taste to them. You're not going to get that. Plus, you get amazing flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, coconut almond, just to name a few. And whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight, you can do that while indulging in a delicious treat. And they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Right now, we have a special offer for our listeners. You guys can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys. Well, things are obviously set up a little bit differently this season. Now, of course, for this entire season, we'll be doing the Google News segments to start the show. So we're going to have to plan it a little bit differently. Plus, we have John on Monday show, so we want to get into what went right and what went wrong for this game. And of course, as we always do, we start with what went wrong and we start our with our expert and all things that went wrong. And that of course is John Kegley, the Chargers Encyclopedia that I'm sure has a rant coming for this one, just because especially for the offense, so much went wrong for the Chargers. Wow, I have my own intro. This is amazing. I need to get I need to get this like on a C D or something so I can just play it in my car all day. But Let's just start with the play calling on this offense. That was just the start of the game alone was absolutely horrid. Such basic calls. You weren't even really setting up anything. Like the play calling in the second half was a lot better. You were running left, running right, and you were setting up the plays very well. You would roll out with a play action and dump it off to the tight end in the flats, and it would set up a lot of the big chunk plays that you got in the second half. But the first half, it was like they were just calling plays to see what would happen. Let's put Keenan Allen on a hook route and see what happens. All oh, he's covered. It's incomplete pass. Okay, let's just punt the ball. Like, there was nothing really setting up. There was no real structure to the running game. Even on like a fourth and one, you're letting Tyrod Taylor run the ball when you have Josh Kelly. Put in a fullback, hammered it up the middle, and see what happens. It's, a, it's what it's designed to do. Tyrod Taylor is not your answer to everything. I know Anthony Lynn loves him, but you got to start playing to your players' strength. If Keenan Allen's good at slants, start using him at that more. If Hunter Henry can run an out route or a hook route really well and find a hole in the zone, 
start doing that more often. If the play action rollout to Hunter Henry works a lot, set it up with run plays. It's not rocket science. When it seemed like when they went to Keenan Allen, especially in the short to intermediate areas, he was there wide open, ready to catch the ball. And it was surprising they didn't go to that more often. They actually pushed the ball down the field more than I thought that they might. But some of it was really ill-advised, it seemed like. And I just, it wasn't great. I mean, it's about as sloppy as you could start the game. Obviously, the last three drives, you put up 175 yards of offense. You only get six points out of it. But they started putting things together. But there was never that moment, I mean, besides outside of a couple of drives where you just felt like, really confident that this team is going to be good offensively in this game. And I think a lot of that, David, had to do with a couple of things. I mean, this offense is not built for third and seven pluses. I mean, the Chargers put themselves into that scenario for so long. It seemed like for a while it was, hey, a three-yard run, then an incompletion, and then a third and seven play. And that's just not how this team's going to be successful. I think part of the reason for that is Austin Eckler only has one catch. I mean, on second down, if you're throwing the ball, if you're checking it down to Austin Eckler, you like his chances of getting at least seven or eight yards out of it. So I thought that those were two things that absolutely went wrong in this game. No question about it. I mean, how do you not manufacture more plays to get him more involved? I mean, why don't you throw him in, throw him the ball in the screen game? I mean, why didn't they do that at all in this game? I don't understand. He is so good in the open space. But one of the things you touched on was the third and sevens, and that was one of the things for me that definitely went wrong in this game. They were six for 16 on third down in this football game and 0 for 2 on fourth downs. That is completely unacceptable. That is not going to fly against the Chiefs. That's not going to fly against the Raiders. That's not going to fly in the NFL. You have to be able to convert your third downs a lot more successfully if you want to if you want to win football games in this league, run the football more efficiently, set yourself up for better down and distance, and you're going to have better success. Six for 16 on third down, Daniel, is not going to cut it. Yeah, and I mean, not finishing off drives with touchdowns is, I mean, is a red zone offense we expected to be a lot better. At times they were. I mean, Joshua Kelly gets the red zone touchdown on the run from five yards out, but outside of that, they looked pretty stuffed up and not very great. There was a play where Tyrod Taylor basically way overthrew uh, Hunter Henry. There's a play where he didn't give Mike Williams enough room in the back of the end zone to come down with a fade route. I mean, it would just was really sloppy. Tyrod Taylor was really out of sync. And I mean, Tyrod Taylor, it's hard to argue that he had a good game in this one, just over 50% completion percentage, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Obviously he threw the ball 30 times, John, which is something that they you didn't really expect to see. And defensively, just the throw-in, I mean, something had to go wrong defensively. I mean, taking care of Joe Burrow in the rushing game, I mean, he was their best rusher on the day. Obviously, you don't want to see that. And then the end-of-half, end-of-game defenses is something that you that you want to obviously see better for, especially when you're trying to protect a field goal lead. I mean, you have to put some pressure on and take some chances there. But is there anything else you want to touch on before we get into the positives about what went wrong in this game? Well, just to touch on the defense at the end of the games, it, like I'll, I'll start off the what went right, really, with also this what, last what went wrong. It's basically, I loved how aggressive we were in this game with like fourth and ones. We actually went for it. It seems like the offense was more aggressive in this game when it came to situations than the defense was. When it came to last two minutes of the half, we're playing last year's Ben don't break defense, which showed it doesn't work with us 
why are you still doing it when it's a clutch situation? It makes no sense to me. But offensively, I love the aggressive. I love the aggressive mindset. Fourth and one, we're gonna go for it. It was great to see that. I love that, and that right there shows that the coach trusts the players. And I think the players feed off of that. But it also shows you're here to win and not just try not to lose offensively. Defensively, though, you got to show that you're here to win as well. Well, and I think that is reminiscent of the bow up Anthony Lynn tirade on the sideline where he's just basically going out there saying, hey, like we're going to put it in the end zone, even if we have to step it down their throat. And I think you heard a little bit from Anthony Lynn about that after the game. I mean, he's like, you know what? This is the NFL. It's hard to win games in the NFL, especially on the road. But at the same time, we were, are not going to have those fourth and one situations. We're not going to be that close to the goal line and not be able to punch it in. And I think that is Anthony Lynn's kind of thing. I mean, I think he thinks the Chargers are a more physically imposing team than they really are at times. Um, but I think in all of those situations, some better play calling. I mean, when everyone knows you're going to run it, that's the time you try to pop a play action on that first and goal from the two. Everybody in that stadium, which was obviously a lot less than normal, knew a run call was coming there. If you go run a play action, you probably get an easy pass to the running back in the flats for a touchdown. Instead, you run it right at the teeth of defense, lose a couple yards, and end up not really doing anything on that. But let's get into the positive. And David, you're definitely the half cup, the cup half full type of guy for this show, at least. What did you like from the Chargers on Sunday? Yeah, so the first thing, uh, and yes, thank you for that. I uh, definitely am the optim optimist if this is the first show you're listening to. You're the angel uh, and the devil on my shoulders. That's right, that's right. But uh, the first thing to point out is the 155 rushing yards in this football game. That's definitely a positive. The Chargers last year, if you remember, or if you don't, they had several games, I think three or four games in a row, where they had 40 rushing yards or less in that in those contests. So, they said they were committed to running the football, and they definitely did a much better job of doing that in this football game. Also, you see Joshua Kelly get his first touchdown. That was definitely pleasant to see. The Chargers get three sacks on the defensive side. You definitely love that. And they start over in the positive, on in the turnover ratio there. They get two yeah. turnovers, and they do not give the ball away at all. So that is definitely the positives as I see it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the turnovers, if you don't get them, you don't win the game. I mean, it's that simple for the Chargers in this one against the Bengals. I mean, can't stress how important those are, but Joshua Kelly, any way you want to talk about it, he definitely broke out in this game. I think he definitely earned himself a lot of carries down the road because of what he did inside the five-yard line and also when he was able to break off that run on third and one and ended up getting 20-plus yards. I mean, we were looking for chunk plays. I didn't necessarily think it was going to come from Josh Kelly, but I have to give a nod to this defense. Obviously, at the end of the game, it wasn't looking great, and there were a few drives where they were bend, don't break, and all that, but the pass rush, John, returned for the Chargers on Sunday, and I think that it was constant for most of the game. There's a couple select plays, even when they sent blitzes, that didn't get home that were a little bit frustrating, but... Joey Bosa was an absolute monster. I mean, you can't get to the quarterback any faster than Joey Bosa was getting in Joe Burrow's face for a lot of that game. So I think, obviously, the defense was suffocating for most of the first half. That's something that went right. And also the return of the pressure and Jerry Tillery being involved in it. Well, even this play that didn't even involve the ball, like the one play where Joe Burrow did like a, a read option, basically, and he gave the ball – 
to the running back, but Tillery still comes in and just absolutely smothers Joe Burrow, just hits him right in the mouth. He goes, you may not have the ball, bro, but I don't know that, so I'm still going to hit you. You love that. Just in case. That's textbook football on how you play the read option, and most teams won't do that because they're scared of a penalty. But that is how you do it. You smash the running back that was either faked or given the handoff, and you smash the quarterback regardless, as long as you're not doing it like five seconds later, which will definitely be a penalty. But that was textbook. And Tillery was in there all game. When you watch the offensive line after the hike, you actually saw all the guys going forward towards the QB. Whereas right. last year, it was like looking at a horse race from like up a, from a helicopter. You just see like one guy going way out ahead of everybody, and the rest of them were like way behind trying to catch up. This time, you saw everybody going at once trying to get after that QB, and the, the pocket collapsed around him for the most part, yep. too. They contained him, and they and they were doing what I said they should do, which is force him to go to his weak side, which resulted in an interception as well. Yep. They contained him very well, except for that one play where he ran up the middle for the touchdown. But, I mean, you're not going to be perfect, but you could be pretty damn close, and that was pretty damn close to perfect. And I think this defense, I mean, it all starts up front with that pass rush. When they're able to get home – I mean, it just changes everything for this offense. It creates turnovers. It stops drives. I mean, I think Joe Burrow had two 10-plus-yard sacks that he took. I mean, that's just drive derailers right there that you got from Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery, even Uchenna Nwosu getting in on the action. The secondary looked good for most of the day. I mean, you didn't hear Michael Davis's name. That's always good. I thought Desmond King was out there flying around and got on the field a whole lot, playing a lot of linebacker in this game too. So there was definitely some positives and tomorrow we'll get into a little bit more of, you know, things that just need to change going into week two against Kansas city. And, you know, some of our key takeaways and trends from this game, we either want to see continue or not continue. And we also want to do a voicemail show tomorrow. So if you guys want to get your game reactions on the show for tomorrow, the number is three, two, three, five, two, four, seven, nine, two, four. And we try to get every charges voicemail on the show, but that is going to wrap it up for us today. Until next time, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at locked on LAC and to like the Facebook page locked on chargers, as well as subscribing to us on Apple podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify and rating and reviewing. We would really appreciate it. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow to get a little bit more into this game and get some fan voicemails and get your guys' interaction. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.